Honey, what do you think is the most sexiest thing about me? Hmm. Your classiness, your direction. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because I have been so inspired to do this Working on You series. I want to bring it to all the women. And over the next five weeks, ladies, we are going to be talking about confidence, faith, acknowledgement, intimacy, feminine sexuality, and health. These are all things that Kathy and I, we work on all the time on ourselves, and we want to bring this to you. We're going to be having five dynamic guest speakers each week, each Monday, and then we're going to get to do deep dives with those guests. So our very first guest starts right now. Sounds fun. Welcome to Married and Having Fun. We're your hosts, Kathy and JC. Kathy here. I'm 46. I've been married for 25 years to my main squeeze. I'm JC. I'm 33, married to an awesome pastor of six years. It's my second marriage. We have seven kids between our awesome families. On this podcast, we will share all of the ups, downs, and emotions around marriage and all the things in between. If you know what I mean. Sit back, laugh, cry, and enjoy. This is Mary and having fun. Welcome to episode one of the Working On You series. Woohoo! I am so excited about this guest today. I have known Patera Foy Fuller for 11 years. She is the most confident woman that I know. And I've watched her go from a night NICU nurse to teaching nursing students at Duke University to getting her nurse practitioner license to becoming a yoga instructor. She is just so fabulous. She's spoken at my retreats and um, she's been this coming December. She's been married for 20 years and she has two amazing teenagers. Please welcome to the show, Patera Foy Fuller. Hi, Patera. <laughs> we both are fans. Oh, thank you. So, Patera, I just gave a list of all your amazing accomplishments that you've had in such a short amount of time. And looking at those accomplishments, yoga is just sandwiched in there. Can you give us a rundown of how these things came to be and how yoga got put in the mix? Working weekend option during that time has just afforded me the opportunity to do so many other things I wanted to do, um, which is the joy of nursing. I was full-time. I only worked two days, um, Friday night and Sunday night. So during the week, I, it was just kind of like my playground of exploration, and I took full advantage of it the entire time I had that position. Um, so I did clinical instructing because I did like educating. I loved when I had nursing students. 
Um, but yoga was a part of me and it was, it was my personal thing and it was something that I wanted to continue to develop. So it was important to me to become um, a yoga instructor for my own personal practice and to help spread that to other people in the community. So that was a goal as well as um, becoming an advanced practice nurse because I had figured out exactly what path I wanted to take with my nursing career. Um, so those were kind of my goals in 2015. Um, and I knew I needed to complete the nursing teacher training before I started the graduate program. So one month of overlap, I completed the nurse practitioner, I completed the yoga teacher training in September of 2015 and started my graduate studies in August. So I have a month where they were both happening at the same time, um, but I completed it and it was all speed ahead for um, the graduate degree. So I started teaching yoga in January of 2016 and continued to do that while I was in graduate school and working in the NICU and still teaching students at Duke. (laughs) She was literally doing it all. And I was so excited that, was it two years ago now, almost, that when I finished? No, when I called you for the retreat, our last retreat. Oh, yeah. It was two years ago. Two that was years, crazy. Two, years ago, two yeah. years ago, I called Patera up and I was like, do you think you could come speak at my retreat? <laughs> she was like, yes. And, and, yes, and that's how Kathy met Patera. And literally, um, we had such an amazing time. Patera poured out all these jewels on us and also uh took us through a yoga class which was amazing in the mountains and it was beautiful so we're looking at confidence today and you know the dictionary definition of confidence is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities So self-assurance, self-confidence, self-reliance, some other buzzwords that might go with that is trust, belief, faith, conviction. Um, Let's look at confidence within a marriage first. Uh, How does confidence play a role in your marriage? Um, I think it goes back to the the whole piece of defining it as your self-identity and how you see yourself. Um, Marriage, like I said, is hard work, and um, I think that hard work catches a lot of people by surprise that enter into it with this fairy tale um, position. And when you go into a marriage or a partnership, um, you definitely are trying to merge two lives, two identities together. And I think the the key word there is definitely merge and no one is getting lost in the other. No one is overriding the other. You are merging two lives together, learning to simply coexist. And, you know, for most people, it's going to be one of two extremes at some point, always leaving way for the middle ground. But the two extremes are going to be, you know, at some point you're going to either say, you know, I found my one, it's perfect. We vibe on every beat. We strike a chord on every single thing. Well, you know, hats off to those. Yeah. (laughs) No, have never met them. Certainly am not one. Um, But, you know, that's, that's the, the big extreme and probably what everybody thinks when they're going into it. And then the lot of stuff in the middle. And then the other extreme is going to be where 
you know what, you're disrupting my vibe or, you know, I lost myself in you. And Mm. before you, I used to do this and that, and this was my thinking on this. Um, And as the saying goes, no one stays lost forever. So at some point you wake up out of that, right? Mm. Um, When you merge those two lives, if you're at the upper extreme, I feel like the pieces braid and weave together beautifully, right? But then if you come together on the other end where you have that wake up call, you realize that your braid knotted up a little bit mm-hmm. along. And the knots aren't bad things. You just have to stay true to yourself and know who you are so that you come out of the knot and your braid continues. Mm-hmm. And that's just visual for me when I think about, you know, being confident and staying true to yourself in a marriage, because I think a lot of us go into it. And if you are not confident, you don't have the strength or the courage at those difficult times to say, you know what, I have five things, right? Two of them, I can relax. I can relax and, you know, we can meet somewhere in the middle, but I have some deal breakers, right? These are things that are truly important to me. And, you know, I don't compromise on those things. Mm. It may be that um, I have date night with my girlfriend every Friday night. It is what it is. Um, (laughs) So being confident as a woman to say, this is something that's important to me. I did it before we got together. Mm -hmm. And I know that you love me enough to respect that that's what I want. Mm. And I'll myself enough to let you know that this is what I require right that's that's so good it's okay on both ends and I think if you are not well I know if you're not confident in that you may yield and you may give that up to a spouse in this case a husband that doesn't understand the importance of alone time and that just because you want to have fun with someone else doesn't mean that you love him any less Mm. right so the woman, I feel, who yields to that and always gives in or gives away self because they are not as confident maintaining their stance, those are the ones that end up suffering and losing when it comes to the knots along the braid as we go. The braid doesn't continue, and you just end up with a loop full of knots. Um, and I think that's when marriages get in trouble. Um, so you have to know who you are, what you require. And um, one of the mantras that I use in my yoga class a lot at the beginning or at the end is you are enough, right? Mm. In every situation that you enter, you have enough to succeed. You're good enough. You're beautiful enough. You're smart enough. So whatever your request or whatever things you require, you are enough. Um, and you should be strong enough and bold enough to state your claim. Right. And part of being confident, um, I know, requires you to understand when it's okay to yield without losing yourself. And that's what um, marriage requires most of the time. That's so good. I am reading, just started reading a book uh, this week called The Dance of Anger, I believe. And um, that she touches on a lot of that, what you're saying. So, all right. Next question. Um, what would be your advice to women who are struggling with their self-confidence? Um, my best advice would be spend some time by yourself, 
like I said, um, confidence is something that is learned. It's not something that someone can give you. Your parents can't tell you be confident. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something you learn. I learned to be confident by you telling me that I can do whatever I want to do, that I to dream big, um, to aim high in my goals, um, letting me know that I'm not going to always be successful, but I'm successful because I tried it. Mm -hmm. So for a woman that is struggling with their self-confidence, I would challenge them to spend some time alone and rediscover themselves. Um, Find out what is important to you. Um, In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, know where you stand in times of adversity. Um, A lot of times with my teen patients, when I am doing anticipatory guidance with them during their well visits, I tell them, um, you know, particularly for the ones that seem a little bit more shy and withdrawn and they're going off to college or just entering high school for the first time, I tell them to think about some of those tough situations. Um, you know, and for that age group, it would be like um, being propositioned for drugs, sex, alcohol, those type things. Um, if you're not the most confident person, the time to make the decision is not in the moment. Mm-hmm. You need to know where you stand and what your stance is going to be when and if those situations arise. So know what's important to you, know yourself, and then when those situations come, you respond truthfully. You know, you respond truthfully based on who you are. Um, So whether it's spending time on a yoga mat, um, meditating, reading scripture, meditating on the word, whatever, just realize um, what your identity is. Um, And sometimes it helps for women to take a journal. I've done this in different workshops. Um, And write write down those times when you didn't feel most confident and write down what you did. What was the outcome? What were you afraid of? Um, And then on the other side, draw a line on a paper and write down the times when you totally rocked it out. You know, think back to all of those moments um, and just rediscover yourself. No one can give you confidence. You have to bring it up and out from within. That's really good. I um, last year in August, which I just made this commitment to myself again for this month, I was um, thinking about confidence and uh, there was a quote that came up and it said that um, confidence self-confidence comes from keeping promises to yourself. And I think it was such a small baby step. I, I literally, I had no confidence in fitness and like being able to be in control of my own fitness basically. And so, um, I committed to myself to, um, do 10,000 steps a day and to work out 30 minutes a day every single day for the month of August. And I look back on that and I was like, that, really changed a lot of things in me because I was depending on myself. By the time I got to the end of the month, I was like, I can do anything. Right. <laughs> and so, um, true. yeah, I, I mean, spending time with yourself is, is key. Making promises mm-hmm. to yourself key. You no, know, I was going to piggyback kind of a little bit on what Patera was saying. Like, I remember when I was younger having, um, you know, being grounded kind of in my faith. Um, people always would, say you're so confident looking back I think ah you know I was I felt insecure sometimes about like maybe my looks or stuff like that but I was confident because I what I I knew like when those situations would arise I knew what my answer was going to be because I knew what I believed and what I wanted and what I wanted for my life you know Mm -hmm. um so that's really good that that um, what you're saying for people to really get hold of that too, to let that confidence come from within um, mm-hmm. those areas of, of 
like your faith or belief and just who you are, those deal breakers, you know what I mean? Just that's really good. Because I think sometimes with confidence, it's like how we look, how we feel, whatever, but it's not. It's so much more than that. So much more. So much more than that. that. Just being able to just walk in the room. um, And I've I've had people say this to me, and I haven't really always understood it, but I've had people say that, um, tell me that I have a commanding presence. Um, Mm. and to different people that means different things I've also been told that that same thing when I ask them what those things are I've had some people tell me that that same thing intimidates them Um, (laughs) and then I've had some people tell me that that same thing in those same situation just makes them want to be empowered and I've Mm. had people ask me when I walk into a room how do you grab people's attention and never say anything Um, and I think the confidence that you exude should speak for itself Um, and I think part of that isn't just within you but it's also how you interact you teach yourself something or a lot rather by how you interact with other women as women Mm. we are the worst at tearing people down sometimes Mm -hmm. as a a group right um so when you are confident and you know you're good you can look at another woman and be like you know what forget 10 she's a 12 like she's beautiful she's talking that and yeah. I feel that when you are comfortable speaking that to another woman, I do it all the time. Like, I love your outfit or your hair is so pretty. I compliment every mom every time I walk into a room. I find something good to say about the moms just because I know, particularly with the population that I deal with, I deal with the underserved population. It took everything most of them had to get the kid ready and get to the office, mm, right? Yeah. And I have no idea what the struggle was when they woke up. So most of the time when I walk in, I'll say your makeup looks pretty today or I like your outfit or you know I find something because there's always something yeah um and the way that they light up you know these are people that probably have never even had anybody compliment them right um so just being and it makes me feel good like I feel empowered because I can empower somebody else right like they value me enough and they respect me enough that me telling them that just made their entire day um, so it's not just, you know, how you are with yourself, it's how you interact with um, other people. So get into the habit of making other people feel good. That also is confident. I was going to say, I, I know where I'm at by being that person where you walk in a room, like you're different, how I, which scenario that was. I could be either one, like, oh yeah, that not she awesome? But if I'm like in my, a bad space or whatever, I'll be like, well, who does she think she is? And, or, you know, or whatever, why am I feeling so inferior? You know what I mean? So it does, sometimes those things are cues to see what's going on within us, you know, too. Yes. Right. You always have to check yourself. For sure. One of the things I I do believe that confidence, when you have that confidence, um, and, and some, and I, I think it's also related to with God confidence and having confidence in God as well. Um, but I would love for you to share just a little bit about your journey in the pandemic with your job and, and, um, where you are now and how confidence right. played a part in that. Sure. So, um, a, a large part of my confidence is also my faith. Um, and in Christ, you can do all things, right? Um, so I believe that there is a plan for me. And every time I think about what that plan is, I know that it is greatness, right? Um, so during the pandemic, uh, it started in March. 
and a healthcare provider is always safe. Like we have job security, people are gonna always be sick. Um, well, the pandemic started in March. Um, come April, I had a meeting with the other doctor in my practice, and it was a private practice, and he told me all of a sudden that they couldn't afford to pay me anymore. We had no patients whatsoever. But as a healthcare worker, you're always safe. People are always sick. Well, not during the pandemic. When the pandemic hit in March, we went from seeing, he would see about 30 patients a day, and I would see anywhere from 20 to 25. And then we mm-hmm. had vaccine visits on top of that. So we had a lot of volume for two providers in a clinic. We were booming, always have been. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, literally, I don't remember what day it was, but say it came out on the news on Monday. On, t- on Tuesday, we had no patients. Wow. <laughs> no wow. patients for like four weeks. Wow. <laughs> coming into the office. So anywhere from a hundred patients a day, we went down to maybe five a week. Like wow. there. Um so we went did we did that for like a month, all of March and then April, like he was freaking out because that was his livelihood and he was like, I can't afford to pay another provider because I like there is no no way that we can do this. Um so it was me and about two or three of the other like medical assistants and nurses that had stayed on with him um for the last four weeks and he was like you know i'll probably be able to keep a couple of them um but the provider you know that's a big salary i I can't do it i was like you know what it's all good it's okay and you know i could tell he was scared to death to tell me (laughs) and i think he was more shocked at my reaction we were in the office and i was like it's okay and he kind of looked at me like, what? Like, did you know this was coming? Do you have another job? I was like, <laughs> nope, not at all. I was like, but it'll be all good. Um, because I was planning to leave anyway, but the timing was all wrong because um, I had not started looking for a job yet. So at that point, it was going to be um, because of my contract. I had They had to give me a two-month notice, and they gave me two months to the day. Um, so I knew in the middle of a pandemic, I had two months to pretty much find another job. Um, I didn't know where the job was going to come from, what the job was going to look like, and how I was going to get it. But what I did know is that God takes care of his own mm-hmm. and that I had put in the work. And I knew that I was one heck of a provider and I had a glowing resume because mm-hmm. I had done a lot of things. Um, and I didn't know what the formula was going to be. But in the end, I knew that it was all going to work out. Um, so I came home, just kind of chilled for a little bit and maybe a week or two. And then I said, well, let me get busy with putting in resumes. So unbeknownst to me, I start applying for jobs and there are none. Like I'm applying to UNC and to Duke and all these places and their positions, but I'm getting immediate kickback saying that the position has been pulled or is frozen for the same reasons. Like there were no patients, nobody is hiring and all PMPs are out of work. So there is nothing. Um, so I was like, hmm. Okay, but it'll be all right. <laughs> so I'm just at home enjoying being at home, not really worried about it. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, I should probably be able to go back to work at some point. That's going to be necessary. We're good right now, but I need to go back to work at some point. Um, but, you know, still just trusting and believing. And I, I felt like all the time from the moment that he told me that he was going to have to um, lay me off, essentially is what it was, um, that it was going to be okay. I never, not one moment worried about a dollar or where things were going to come from or what my next job was going to look like. I knew it was going to work out. And it was a shoulder stroke for about two months. Um, and then at one point I was like, you know what? I'm done. I've put in all these applications. There's nothing out there. I'm just going to be still for a minute. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is be still and know that mm, I'm God. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm just, I'm just going to pause for a minute. 
um, because I don't want to keep pushing this and end up in a job that I don't want to be in out of desperation. So I'm just going to pause and, you know, what comes will come. And when that job is for me, it will show itself. Um, so I was literally at home one day on the computer and through my Duke email, I get um, this random email from somewhere. I was going to discard it. I thought it was spam. Um, and it came through and it was from Indeed because I've always had my resume uploaded on that website, my nurse practitioner resume. And um, it was from the hiring, the human resource director actually at a community health center. Wow. Um, and it was actually his assistant. And she sent me an email, said that they had come across my resume on Indeed and wanted to know if I'd be interested in more information. Well, you get stuff like that on Indeed all the time. So I ignored it. So then about two days later, they sent me another email and it said second attempt. (laughs) I was like, what is this? I ignored it again. (laughs) So on Friday, he sent me the email and he was like, hey, you know, sent two emails out before. We have a position. We're looking for a nurse practitioner. Wanted to know if you'd be interested in setting up a time to talk. So this time I was like, hmm, something's happening here. So I called um, the assistant who sent me the initial email, gave her my information. She was like, yes. She was like, yeah, we were looking for somebody. We don't have the position posted, but um, the hiring manager came across your um, resume on Indeed and thought you looked like a good fit. Would you be interested in coming and talk to us? I was like, yeah. So, so they scheduled an interview. I went in, um, interviewed with the chief operating officer um, of the organization and the hiring director. Um, I talked to him for about 15 minutes, and he looked at me. He gave me the thumbs up. I was like, "Uh, okay, like, (laughs) that's fine. And when he came in, the funny thing is, you know, he was um, telling me, you know, a little bit more about the position and how he had come across my resume or whatever. So I talked to him. Everything seemed good. I went through my interview with the other people, and I think this was on a Thursday, and they called me on Monday to offer me the job. So, I mean, it was more than I could have ever imagined. I never applied for this position. This position was never posted. And just the behind the scenes story, I had um, always wanted to work in community health. Um, I ended up in pediatric primary care because when I graduated, I was applying for a community health position in several different rural locations for the underserved population, which is what I went into this for, to help those in most need. And I could not get a job anywhere. They were all like an hour away because they were in very rural areas. The pay was horrible. They were going to be more than an hour away from my home, so it just wasn't working. Um, so I just kind of like let it go and decided to just do a primary private practice. Um, so that's what I did. Um, I got on at Marupi and I was just kind of okay there, but it still wasn't my passion. It wasn't my mission. That's not what I went to, went into it for. And I didn't think that's what God had positioned me for. Right. So when he got ready for me to move, um, I wasn't moving at the the pace that he intended for me to move. So he got rid of the job. I was comfortable. He got rid of the job and put me in a position where I was ready to accept what I had went into it for and what he had told me he wanted me to do. Mm. Um, Unbeknownst to me, no doing or being fabulous on my own. Um, That was what he set into place. That was his design. And when he got ready to say the time is now, he removed that um, wall, which was my job that I was currently in because it was good. Why did I need to leave? He, um, something that I never saw coming. It hit me like a ton of bricks and removed it out of, out of the way. And it was basically like the time is now. So, wow. you know, I was, a, I sat still and I got the job of my dreams doing exactly what he intended for me to do. 
That's that amazing. So great. What an encouraging, <laughs> encouraging story. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, Patera, um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your pearls of wisdom with us. Um, we always close in a prayer. And I'd love for you to pray for us. Sure. And pray All for right. the listeners. Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. Ready. All right. With our eyes closed and head bowed, Lord, we just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together um, in this time where we have tried have, have had to figure out new ways of doing things. Um, we've had to learn to reconnect with our trust in you. For everything, there is a reason and purpose under heaven. And in all things, we are told in First Thessalonians to always give thanks. So despite the difficult days and the difficult ways, you have continued to make a way for us and help us reinvent ourselves in ways we never thought we could. Um, so in that you know, we give thanks for the situation that we are in right now, knowing that you're going to come out victorious in the end. We're all going to prosper. We are all going to be better than what we ever could imagine. We're going to see a change from the top all the way down to the bottom, Lord, and it is your hand. Your hand is on this. We just ask for your continued guidance as we go through this difficult time, knowing that there is a reason and the outcome will be to glorify you and magnify yes. your holy name. As we continue to traverse, men, women, children, boys, girls, families, all of those involved under the sound of my voice, I just ask that you equip us with everything that we need, knowing that faith, the size of a mustard seed, to see us through is all that we are required to have. And you will bring us to the end, Lord, giving your name the highest praise. We ask that you restore hope in the hopeless. We restore confidence in those who have lost themselves help those who have lost their way find their way back to you we ask for restoration of families lord we ask for restorations of faith we ask for restoration of hope claiming victory in all these things in your name we pray and count it all done amen amen, amen. thank you so much hey everyone thanks for joining us if you liked today's episode Hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep, keep having fun. fun.